BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back, Redheads, to another episode of the Redheads Book Club February episode, our last episode before we take a month-long hiatus. But you know what? I think this episode is going to give us enough sparring and enough juice to get us through those two months. And I think we might need a break after. I was going to say, I need a break from reading. After the book that broke us. (laughs) (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think that's fair, but we'll get into it. We have a lot to get into. Okay, you guys, this month's book was Ghosts of Gotham. It was a Becky's choice, but it was also a Sean's choice. Becky will explain. But before we get into the book, let's start on on a light note. You know, I don't want us to just be beefing from the start. How is everyone doing? Becky, let's start with you since this was your month. I just, like, don't think we're going to be beefing as badly as you think. Right, guys? I know. It's going to be the worst it's ever been. Oh, Stop. Not only is the Snatcher like going to come for you in, in such a way, but you really set yourself up because last time you came for her in such a way. So oh, not yeah. only does she have residual beef, but you just gave her the book with which to take you down. I just yes. don't think that this is a, a podcast about retaliation. So I'd like this to be mature <laughs> no, adults. It's here. about revenge. <laughs> but just Jack's a different word from retaliation. <laughs> yes. I'm doing great, you guys. I got a Peloton this month because apparently that's the thing that people do two years into a pandemic. I know I'm behind on the curve, but I just joined Pelotosters and I feel like I'm doing everything right just two years late. And it's been so great. The thing about Peloton, it's kind of like the redheads. It's never too late to become a redhead and it's never too late to get a Peloton. So I fully endorse your decision. Thank you so much. You've been really critical in this um, entire engagement with the Peloton and just making sure I get up to speed. So thank you, Jax. But everything's good. And I was just telling the girls, I'm going on vacation on Saturday. So like, this is my last pit stop before (laughs) I can relax. Yeah, after this you can relax, but not until the snitch has dragged you through the mud and left you out to dry. Hey, Snatchler, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited to just, you know, (laughs) really let go and let God. Um, I am podcasting from the office and my anxiety is just legitimately like every time someone walks by I'm like because they see me with a mic like I could easily be on a call but not with a fucking mic so yeah that's what I'm dealing with right now um some people might use mics for their zoom calls to make sure that their audio is premium and that the colleagues are hearing what they're saying I've never seen anyone have a legitimate microphone with a stand at the office not everyone is snitch in the office no I know 
you got to do what you got to do. And at the end of the day, blame it on me because usually we record in the evenings, but I do not have the battery for an episode of the Redheads in the evening. So that is why we have to do it midday. And I appreciate all of your flexibility, but I couldn't, I couldn't do a seven o'clock episode like we usually do because by then I am at zero percent human being. Also, if anyone asks, I'll just say that I was doing therapy and I need a microphone so she can really hear all of my problems. Very. This is therapy in some ways. Yeah, for you. (laughs) Dana, you're being so quiet and so diplomatic. How are you? I'm great. Um, when I agreed to do this midday podcast last week, happily and eagerly, I completely forgot about the fact that I am back in the office. But unlike Snitch, I'm not brave enough to bring a microphone in. So if you're listening to this <laughs> and you brave. work with me, I am not at the dentist. I am at my house <laughs> podcasting. Oh, my God. I'm, are you going back? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Oh, no. I would never. <laughs> Um, but oh. yeah, besides that, I turned a year older since you've last heard from me. I am in my 30s now as an old hag, and those are my two main updates. Yes. Oh my God. I forgot you had a birthday this week. You were so quiet about it, which I was is so, so mature, quiet. So chill. Just, yeah, like a 30 year old. Just being amongst women in their 20s as a 30 year old. <laughs> oh man, you bitches are so young. So young. My skin is so juicy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, happy birthday to you. Happy belated birthday. Sorry, we didn't make a bigger deal about it, but we kind of like, we wasted the good surprise on your wedding, you know? Totally. That's why I didn't have a rager. It was too close to the wedding. Like, I have to space those things out. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad everyone's doing well. I mean, if you're listening to this episode, you probably hear from me every day on the morning toast, except that I've realized recently we definitely have a little bit of a different audience than the toasters because sometimes I'll use like toasty lingo on the Redheads Instagram and people are like, why would that be sickening? And I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) maybe, maybe you don't listen to the toast. So if you're just a redhead, that is so fabulous. And I am doing well as well. I'm extremely pregnant and just, you know waiting around really reading chilling so that's the perfect redhead combination you're so really thanks and that is also why we're doing it earlier in the day and why we are back doing it remote but I kind of like the remoteness and I also feel like you know people aren't gonna pull punches because you're protected you're behind the screen you're kind of like a keyboard we're keyboard warriors yep (laughs) oh exactly Okay, so let's get into this month's book. You know, we can only circle the drain for so long. We read Ghosts of Gotham by Craig Schaefer. It was a Becky's choice. And for people who don't know, Becky, please explain to us how you came to this choice. And the person who lives next to a hospital, please mute yourself. Definitely. (laughs) By the way, you know that's not me. I hid myself instead of muting. Becky, Explain how we came to this decision. Fantastic question. Ladies, we have been grounded in the same tropes, the same novels, the same narratives for quite some time. I was deciding to be the one finally to shake it up. And you know what? That's exactly what I did. The way that we came about this choice is I have a wonderful doorman named Sean He is a voracious reader. I think I might have mentioned this at the end of our last episode, but in 2021, Sean read 435 books. There are 365 days in a year. (laughs) So we can do that math and understand that like this man has seen some shit on the pages. 100%. I asked Sean for his perspective and I said, listen, 
here I am at this book club trying to offer something that perhaps we haven't experienced before. And he said, I have just the novel for you. <laughs> and I, to which I said, Sean, fuck off. <laughs> because now I have the wrath of Snitch. Honestly, I have a totally different perspective than Snitch. I mean, we haven't like gone at it yet, but I have thoughts and... But I just want to let you know that, like, I'm happy that I took this recommendation from Sean. I really appreciated his differing opinion and, like, differing perspective. People have different interests, you know? Like, the Redheads are not a single-minded group of, of readers. And I appreciate that we captured a different audience and genre with this divergence. So, Sean, thank you for your, for your offering. I completely agree. And even though at times it was a frustrating read and confusing and I was just like, what the fuck? I will always appreciate, you know, getting outside of our usual tropes and genres and expanding our reading horizons and reading something that I wouldn't typically have read. So for that reason, I'm grateful for this choice. I think, it, you know, it expands the redhead's purview of things that we would read and I think it'll be a fun and interesting and lively discussion so for those of you who did not read the book I will do a quick recap and even for those of you who did read the book and you might have skimmed um I will do a quick recap so the book follows a man named Lionel Page he is a reporter he works in Chicago and he you know is pretty much like a myth buster he will you know seek out people who will claim to heal or have powers who are really just like running scams ponzi schemes very like american greed and he will expose them as the frauds that they are now it turns out that lionel himself has an interesting backstory he was the sole survivor of a um a the ranch where he was living with his mom and a bunch of other women was burned to a crisp while he was five years old and he was the only person who survived and he tried to live as normal life as possible but this is something that he keeps on the down low and not something that he really even thinks about to himself too much but also the people in his life don't know this about him so that is like his secret that he's trying to keep the whole like emerald ranch fire situation was giving me waco vibes throughout the book there are so many different things that made me think of like other books and movies it was like an amalgamation of a ton of different books and movies which I want to know what it reminded you guys of also anyways one day he gets a call from a mysterious woman named Regina and she has a mission for him she has heard of an Edgar Allan Poe manuscript original draft of um an essay that he wrote with a different ending and she wants that draft for her collection and she's sending Lionel to seek it out and also to verify whether or not it's true so that's what he does for a living is gets to the bottom of all of these different frauds so he does seem like the man for the job he arrives in new york a city that he's never been to and he um everything changes from there the book completely changes from there he meets a woman named maddie who unbeknownst to him is on the exact same mission as he is from Regina as well to find this manuscript find who else is buying it figure out whether or not it's a fraud him and him and Maddie you know they start to work together they start to fall in love he finds out that Maddie is a witch that witchcraft is real that there's ghosts all throughout New York and there's a big bad guy named Jimmy Sloan who is trying to harness the soul's of the dead of all New Yorkers and create a portal to um, another world that's pretty hellish 
And so him and Maddie not only need to still do this task for Regina, but also like stop Jimmy Sloan from um, ruining the world. Also, along the way, Lionel figures out that Jimmy Sloan is the person who was responsible for setting fire to the Emerald Ranch and killing his mom. And actually, Lionel's mom was also a witch. And by witch, it's pretty much just means like mystical, powerful, having to do with like the ancient Greek gods and like not like witchy like you would think. And ergo, Lionel is also a witch. So he is learning some witchcraft from Maddie along the way. But then once he realizes his ancestry, he's able... I'm running out of breath because By the I'm way, pregnant. I was just thinking about that because obviously <laughs> it's because you're pregnant. But does this happen to you on the toast too? You're about to I pass bet. out. First of all, <laughs> I'm worried. So sad. Sweet Jack. Get I'm this never girl an oxygen mask. <laughs> I'm never allowed to talk this long on the toast without Claudia cutting me off. Oh, so oh. no, it's not an issue. But I sound like I'm crying. You're doing a great job. Okay, we're almost there. So he finds out that he's part of like the magical world of wizards and wizardry and that his memory has been repressed up until this point because now he needs it and it all comes flooding back to him and him and Maddie you know stop the bad guys turns out Regina is like the goddess of everything and um, she was using this manuscript to lure Jimmy from his hole and you know set the world right. So it was extremely supernatural and twisty, turny, also very gory and violent. And that's pretty much it. That's as best as I can do. Um, We have a happy ending. And in the end, Maddie and Lionel end up together. And Lionel has to choose if he wants to go back to his life in Chicago or if he wants to be, you know, a male witch. And he chooses to be a Mitch with Maddie and I think there's two more books in the series that probably absolutely chron- not that chronicle their journey so those are hate- my next picks <laughs> those are the picks for the, the like your next pick will be the second book your next pick will be the third book honestly it's your prerogative to do so but if you do that then Snitch is gonna pick the Simple Wild books for her choices mm-hmm. that Don't would be so funny if the whole year was choose. just revenge books Dana what <laughs> It's it's lost now that I was saying. Don't you hate when you have to choose between being a reporter and being a witch? (laughs) It's a really hard choice. It's a real Sophie's choice, you know? Okay, let's get into everyone's opinions. Overall thoughts on the book. Did you like it? Did you not? What did you like? What didn't you like? Bex, let's start with you. Thanks, Jax. I'm glad that I'm starting. Honestly, I liked the book. I no, you didn't. You're just saying it because you picked <laughs> it. Satchelor, let okay. Satchelor, you'll have your turn. We never agree, so why would you even question this? Like, this makes ter- total sense. I appreciated that it was a divergence from the typical story and the themes that we become known for in some ways at TRBC. Mm-hmm. The plot was super creative and complex. The layering of storylines was interesting for me as a reader, and there were plenty of, like, aha moments, which made it a page-turner. And it was also very fast-paced, which kept me on my toes, and also looking forward to picking the book back up. So I thought those were all pros. Also, I'm a tried-and-true historical fiction and, like, history fanatic, so I really liked the Edgar Allan Poe parts. And I, I do wish that ended up being a bigger plot focus. I felt a little misled based on how, like, the first one-third of the book was trending. Mm-hmm. But I got over it. 
I also really liked learning about the witchy underworld. All of them were just very knowledgeable. And even Jimmy Sloan, that evil bastard, he knew so much about tarot. Yeah, tarot cards? Tarot. tarot. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And all the spells. And it was just fascinating to me. Like, there's just, like, a whole element of, like, a language and life that we got to learn about. And then with any book, there were moments where I was pulling my hair out. Like, Brianna <laughs> asking Lionel if he's coming back to the office. I'm like, <laughs> do you have two eyes and a brain, sis? He's so done with your kind. Yeah. And then changing his name from Lionel Paget to Lionel Page. Right. That <laughs> is so true. Come up with anything else. So stuff like that had me rolling my eyes. But honestly, I think I would benefit from being more open-minded in general about what I'm reading. And for that reason, I can confidently say that I liked this book. Great. I am so glad because there are a lot of redheads out there who did like this book. When I first posted, um, you know, like our update, drop a green heart if you're reading with us, the comments are so positive. And people were really like, I would never pick something like this up, but I'm loving it so much. And then when I posted, which host are you most excited to hear from? Everyone, you know, came in on the snitch end. So I think there are people who really liked the book and there are people who really did not like the book. Now, before I go to the other end of the spectrum. Oh, my God. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fine. Snitch. Let it rip. Stop silencing me. (laughs) Let it rip. Okay. (laughs) Immediately no. Immediately no. Like, this book made me want to go back into my echo chamber more than ever before. Like, I will only read my kind of books. Like, and when we, when I started the book, I was, like, into it. I was, like, obviously it's different. I was, like, okay, like, reporter man going on a thrilling adventure in Gotham. And then when all of, like, the witchery started happening, I was just, like, absolutely not. I literally, I literally was, did not care about anything that happened in the book. All I wanted was for it to end. Also, it was the longest book ever. Yeah, it was long. Was and it? How many pages? 475. How many Lionel pages? <laughs> Lionel pages. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, that is long because it took me, it was really slow for me, but I'm glad it wasn't just me being slow. It was just a long book. No, it was I an incredible more. It was so long. I was like, seriously, we're doing this. But I always complain that the book's too long. So I tried to like get that out of my head too. Like I'm just a slow fucking reader. No, the percentages were simply not going up. Okay. At all. Okay. But yeah, I absolutely hated this book. Um, I guess maybe I just don't like witchery and like mystical stuff, even though like I didn't hate nothing to see here. So I don't really understand. But, you know, never again. And Rit, I'll be holding this one against you for so long. Like, I just can't believe that this is something that you would do to me. Like, I thought that you were my <laughs> friend. And the fact that you made me do this is borderline unforgivable <laughs> you made me read that gus book so that was okay, so like, at least that book was like short and stupid like this book was absolute trash and long and stupid <laughs> okay. okay teach their own dana please let uh, us know what you thought I am definitely more of the middle of the road here. Um, There are parts about it that I certainly hated, but there were actually a lot of parts that I liked, mainly that I enjoyed picking it back up. I really felt that way. Like, whenever I had to read it again, I was not dreading it, and I kind of liked the characters. The corniness was a bit much. Like, in addition to the page at to page, I couldn't handle the dialogue between a lot of them. Like, ugh, I don't do well in general with, like, 
oh, we have to just beat five monsters by morning and then save the day by night. Sounds like a challenge I can meet. Like, I can't, and I writhe when yeah. things are as corny as that. Like, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. killing me. Length was a long one. I will give it that. Um, didn't really bother me, though, once we pushed the episode back. Like, I did not feel like I was rushing through it. And I really like Greek mythology. Like, I learned a lot about it in college. We were a liberal arts school. I took a lot of classics classes. So that part really drew my attention. Like, all the goddesses came back to me. And ultimately, I'm grateful for this book because I literally in a million years would have never, ever touched it or read it. And for that, I but like, like why should you have? Why should you have? Like, why is like ever? It looks like, like Dana no. might be on my side. No, but why is everyone like, oh, my God, I never would have picked it up. And I hated it. Like, it's why? It's good would, to it's good to expand, expand. your mind. Snitch, even if you don't. Says who? Like, literally everyone. <laughs> literally everyone. Snitch. Ah. I get it. I hate change. Like, if I could just read the books that I like all day long, maybe I'd be happy. But you but can. <laughs> You're in charge of your own destiny. Like, uh, you don't yeah. have to do anything that you don't want to do. But like, I promise in, you really don't. But, but then I think that's ex- one of the benefits. Yeah. I was she- just going to say, Dana, sorry, I cut you off. No, I was just going to say that I'm in an echo chamber of my own thoughts, opinions, and I don't get an outside perspective to teach me things. And sometimes I value that. And if you don't try new things, you might not find new things that you like. Okay, so this was a miss. This was a new thing that was a miss. But, like, what if you try something new that you would have never done before and you love it and it changes everything for you and you can enter into a new echo chamber? If it means to get there, I have to read books like this. I don't want to. (laughs) Lest we not forget, I introduced you to tequila. And that is so true. That's the only reason why I'm still your friend after you made me read this book. And if we just stayed in our vodka echo chamber, we would not have the wild nights on our upper of tequila. Yeah, I'd be like crying all the time. Yes. (laughs) Bloody Maria's everything would have been closed off to us. So there is a benefit. So you have full permission. I'm granting you permission to continue to introduce me to like new alcohol. But when it comes to new books and book genres, like that's a no. I also had trouble following it sometimes. Like I don't know if it was my attention span, but Jackie, that recap was amazing. Like I don't think I could have just summarized the book. Like I really got lost and I think that was my own fault for just like not paying attention a lot of times. But if you weren't paying attention, it was easy to like forget about the witchery and who was who. For sure. Yeah, if you weren't paying attention, like, something would happen, and I was like, wait, did something major just fucking happen? Like, <laughs> yes. it was hard to know, like, what to pay attention to and what not. So if anybody is curious about my opinion, it's so <laughs> weird. I never really, like, know how I feel about books that I don't, like, absolutely love. Because at the end of the day, like, someone took their time to write this book, and there were so many different interwoven storylines that ultimately did make sense and everything was buttoned up and at a certain point I was like how are we going to get I'm at 90 percent how are we going to solve Jimmy Page how are we going to figure out the manuscript figure out Regina like there are so many things that were still left hanging and yet they all were summed up really nicely and I also liked how it felt like Lionel was constantly one step ahead of the us the reader because like I would see read something and I'm like Lionel needs to realize that you don't see Maddie at the diner in New York and then also see her at Ray Barton's warehouse and that's not a coincidence like that does not happen in New York also that was in Red Hook like you definitely don't go to Red Hook right so then to find out that all along like he was really one step ahead in realizing who the guy the sick old man was that he was the guy from the Edgar Allan Poe story I was like oh okay he's actually smarter than me as a reader and it's not like me being like duh Lionel fucking figure no, it out but and he also kept giving clues like he would say like he would say or like notice something that like was off to him and he was like 
I'm going to come back to that, but I'm noticing that this is weird. And it yeah. always was something weird. Yeah. That's so a really good point. I appreciated that. And also, I will say, like, up until the part where they enter into the tarot card, I was really enjoying the book. Like, I really liked the premise of, like, this mythbuster kind of guy. You know, I love watching American Greed. And he was just, like, reminding me of all these different, like, small-time Ponzi schemes of, like, getting people to believe in something that doesn't exist. And I liked that he was going to come to New York for this Edgar Allan Poe manuscript. And if everything had stayed in the real world, like, this would have been the perfect book for me. I could handle a little bit of Supernatural, but at times it was far too much. Like, the underground club of all, like, the ghouls dancing (laughs) and, like, the descriptions of how they, like, you know, tear you from the inside out. One, it was extremely gory. Even, like, the man-made crimes. Like, the guy who was in the mob who used, like, a butcher's slicing machine to slice a man's face into lunch meat. I'm good. (laughs) Wait, the biting of the nipple? Oh, the biting of the yeah. yeah. There was just a lot of gore that I was like, this is uh, kind of unnecessary. But I guess when you enter into this genre, like, you can't really do it halfway. So um, that sort of, like, made my stomach turn a little bit. But other than that, I didn't love the book. I'm probably somewhere in between Dana and Snitch. But I have respect and I for the book, and I think that he did a nice job with the story and it all wound up making sense when I at times I was like there's no way back from this I'm surprised that the gore got to you as much as it did because it really didn't bother me is that like a me problem no same I didn't for one second flinch maybe we're just psychopaths (laughs) I didn't like flinch but I was just like this feels gratuitous and especially I don't really read stuff like that so yeah I was just like I'm good on this um but I think people who read this genre often like come to expect it's like snitches erotica like if there's not a sex scene what are we doing here i don't want it <laughs> and <laughs> I think we're like, like this <gasps> genre if there's not a nipple being like bit off and someone's face going through a meat cleaver then what are we doing here also i just watched yellow jackets which was so gory so i feel like i'm desensitized mm. yeah and also watching stuff is worse than reading it i guess but it was just like really crazy it felt gratuitous but now thinking of it in the context of like YA novels it's like okay that's what we do here in the science fiction realm apparently so now that we've all gotten this off of our chest I think we can dive into the themes of the book and the questions that this book really asks now there was no there was no reader's guide for this book which was difficult but still there was nothing for this book because I actually (laughs) did not understand half of the book so I went to look up a summary doesn't exist wow well Dana and I put together some really great questions that I'm really excited to share Dana's are better than mine obviously but they're also really funny so let's get into the dbqs and before we do I need to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by fabulous setting new goals creating and sticking to healthy habits building a daily routine you can actually keep making these changes should be easy right Well, if you're not sure how or where to start, then it's time to try Fabulous. It's been a game changer for us. Fabulous is the habit-changing app that gives you the tools and skills you need to feel healthier, more productive, and fulfilled. Fabulous helps you break free of negative habits which, while helping you build new healthy ones that stick. They do this by using a holistic approach along with behavioral science. Unlike other health apps, Fabulous focuses on self-improvement, mental and physical health, mindfulness, and productivity to build a daily routine that works for you. So whether your goals have to do with your physical health 
or it's something about being more mindful, being more present, even something as small as drinking more water, Fabulous breaks the goal down into daily tasks and makes it really easy for you to stay on track, which is some accountability that we all need and that we could all really benefit from. Becoming a Fabulous member is also a total game changer. Premium gives you access to daily coaching content sessions, unlocks all guided behavior change programs, and lets you add as many habits as you'd like in your routines. Start building your ideal daily routine today with Fabulous Premium. Get 25% off Fabulous Premium by going to thefab.co slash book. That's T-H-E-F-A-B dot C-O slash book for 25% off Fabulous Premium, thefab.co slash book. Also, like if your goal is to find more time in the day to read, Fabulous can help you with that, like making these small goals and executing on them. So thank you, Fabulous. And now it's time for the DBQs. What did you like best about this book? And what did you like least about it? For me, best would be the Greek mythology aspect. And it did keep me on my toes. Like when I was reading it, I was kind of very zeroed in being like, holy shit, is he going to die? What's going to happen? When is she going to come in and save him? It was like, I liked that part. Least was probably the genre. I just don't really like ghosts and ghouls and like fantasy things like that. Um, And the corniness. Yeah, you know what? Someone actually wrote in to us, and it was a very insightful um, comment that I was going to wait to share for the Redheads questions, but I want to share it now because I think it might bring us all together. She said, though this book may not have been everyone's cup of tea, I thought it had many great qualities that the Redheads may appreciate. For Rebecca, this had a powerful woman, dominated presence. (laughs) Though they were all spread out in the book, they gathered together to become one in the end. For the snitch, this story had love. I'm sure Ugh. it was. I'm sure it wasn't porny enough for her, but there were spicy <laughs> scenes. And in the end, they chose one another. I'm sure for Dana, this book was very literary, mostly fantastical, but literary nonetheless. And for me, there were bits of history that were spread throughout the book. I agree with this assessment. There was a little something. Who for is everyone. this angel? Bring her on. Right? <laughs> Truly, what a pacifist! I love her. Snitch. No. Okay, Sinesh, I'm going to take the question to you. Can you name one thing you liked about this book? Yes, when it ended. (laughs) Sinesh, come on, be a team player. Okay, Bex, what did you like about the book? What didn't you like? I love the historical elements and the Edgar Allan Poe of it all. um, And just the complexity behind it. Like, I thought, uh, they're also, like, the themes of, like, family and love and, like, mother-son dynamics were beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't like, like, how exhausted I felt scene after scene of, like, going in and, like, battling it out and having two seconds to recover. Like, when do they sleep? And then, like, going back into it. So I've constantly felt, like, out of breath, kind of like you are right now, Jack, and <laughs> and worn down by, like, the back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back scenes that felt never-ending. I feel that. I – what did I like about this book? First of all, I always like New York in a book, but – same. Something that really bothered me and I think put a bad taste in my mouth was that when Lionel was coming from the airport and he was going to Chelsea to his hotel on the High Line and they say that he took the Queensboro Bridge and then he looked over and saw Little Italy just geographically like makes no fucking sense. You don't have to even if you take the Queensboro Bridge to get to Chelsea like you don't go anywhere near Little Italy and that like really bothered me. I can't explain like, it. Like do your research Craig. 
Right? I mean, I, I really, I read it so many times to make sure, like, I was reading correctly. I pulled up a map of New York. Maybe, wow. maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that I am. It doesn't no, make sense. as a native New Yorker, you know your stuff. Right. So I just, and then also, like, it, the book was reminding me a little bit also of the Da Vinci Code. And so, and all of the stuff in the Da Vinci Code is, like, real, like, art, real clubs, real history, etc. And here it was like, okay, so I went to search the Blackstone Building, and I got, like, you know, Blackstone Corp headquarters in New York. Like, there is no – so I wish it was a little bit more rooted in real things. I mean, even the Edgar Allan Poe – at the end of the day, spoiler alert, the manuscript was fake and it was just being used to lure out Jimmy Sloan. But um, I just wish more of that was, like, based in, like, real history is what I'll say. Agreed. Cook shop was real. That's a great restaurant near the Highland yeah, Hotel. Yeah, I thought the same also thing. real. <laughs> I went to cook shop on Sunday with my family, and I was shook given the book's references to it. I was like, I'm in the book. <laughs> oh, my God. That's actually really cool. I know. I know. That's what I was going to say when we got to the New York part, but I couldn't wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this book had a lot of different elements to it, from historical to supernatural, what other books or movies did this remind you of? I need to get this off my chest because there were so many. So if if I may. Absolutely. First, it, remind, it was reminding me of Waco with like the cult and the burning down of the Emerald Ranch. It also was reminding me, like I said, of Da Vinci Code, like going on this manhunt like through history um, with like the Greek elements, the Parthenon, etc. It also was reminding me of Twilight a little bit. Like, the part where he starts to become a witch and he, like, becomes a vegetarian and then he says that, like, he's, his senses are so heightened. Like, Snitch, did you get that vibe at all when he was, like, I, like everything just is, like, sharper and clearer when he becomes a vegetarian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the changing to a witch was similar to the changing of vampire. Yeah, like, when Bella woke up from um, giving birth and she's like can see across the room and everything is just like sharper I got Twilight vibes then also I was getting major Jessica Jones vibes that show on Netflix from all of this like witchery around New York I don't know if anybody here watched that show snitch did you it's Kristen Ritter I loved it yeah so good and then I also think if I've seen more like Batman and stuff like all of this stuff about like Gotham and like ghosts like it's very much like I think there's literally a show called Gotham that's like this aesthetic yeah like what is Gotham why is it called Ghosts of Gotham 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 is is New York New York that's like what they call New York in Batman Batman. okay I didn't know that yeah yeah okay what did it remind other people of it reminded me of Addie LaRue, actually. Yes, yeah. that too. Yes, yes, yes. Because oh, Addie especially, especially when Maddie explained that she was 3,000 years old and was born in, like, Grecian pre-Trojan War times. Or po- she was actually born after the Trojan War. And she was just talking about, like, what she's seen in history. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is so cool that she has been through all of this and, like, saw pre-plumbing life when, like, towns and everything like it was just wild and I was like this really is bringing me back 1000% that was also part of my roster of things but I forgot Dana anything else for you it was all Addie LaRue for me and what was really crazy was in in Addie LaRue remember when they traded their souls to be great artists specifically like Shakespeare wrote his plays and as a repayment he had to then give up his soul and die before his time like that literally was referenced in Ghosts of Gotham how all of these playwrights like made a deal with the witches and were like taken before their time because their soul was up like that was Addie LaRue yeah yeah 
Oh, interesting. I forgot about that part of Addie LaRue. But yeah, that, they are really, really similar. Yes. And it was also giving me um, some Harry Potter vibes, naturally. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the, like, scar and the mom leaving him and him not knowing he was a witch until later and had it in him the whole time. Definitely Harry Potter. Yeah. For sure. Snitch, did it remind you of anything else that you've seen or read? Can't say it had. It did. <laughs> the immovable snitch I can't. can't say they're gonna write a book about you one day the immovable life of snitchy larue no you know i think that that's incorrect because there's many times where we talk and i'm like oh like i actually did enjoy this book more than i thought that i did i'm not yeah. having one of those revelations right now it okay. just feels like a little bit of like a vendetta like is this about my <laughs> distaste no. for the simple it's, wild i can't i am not in control in of your lack of taste However, well, I think I can bring the two of you together, actually, because however, I, okay. had you chosen a good book, I would have been I would have been happy to have read a good book this month. I would have been happy to read a good book last month. Can I No, say it was something? the holidays. It didn't really matter. Can I say something? I think I can bring the two of you together because I spoke to you guys separately, like on FaceTime this week about the book. And you actually both said the same thing verbatim to me about it. Just a small fun fact, which is that every time you picked up the book, uh, you fell asleep. Oh my God, I couldn't stop. That you both used the term narcolepsy mm-hmm. as a symptom of reading this book. So maybe, maybe you can bond it was on that some, front. Maybe it was some witchcraft. You know, it was wild. Whatever was happening, it was truly next level. Like I don't nap. That's like not really part Ever. of my my <laughs> DNA. And I napped twice while picking this book up. Three times, three times. Like, and I don't nap either. I literally, I don't know what it was. Like it was some sort of sorcery. Snitch, look at us. <laughs> so similar. Wow. I did not feel that way at all. Like it really wasn't giving me tired vibes. It was giving oh the opposite. God. I like couldn't sleep because it was so fucking adrenaline producing. Yeah. I got to that point at, at some point, but honestly, you guys. It was like, just the beginning. I had mm. to, I had to ask this podcast to be moved back because I was <laughs> so narcoleptic throughout the reading process that I was like 20% Same. in and I needed to finish it by like three hours from then. And I was like, mm, I don't think it's happening for me. By the way, I, I finished the book literally two hours ago. Oh my God. Like, yeah. I did everything that I could to finish this fucking book. You know, people were saying that they didn't even think you were going to finish it. So we're just glad that you did. We'll take can it. I be on- Wait, can I be honest? No. <laughs> it was the DNF. I didn't finish. I had an, I was listening so I could fin- and like listen during work. I had an hour left at when we started this. And also, I didn't know that the manuscript was fake until Jackie said it on the Snitch. podcast an hour left that's like a day no an no, no, hour no. Of i was listening oh, oh. <laughs> yeah yeah okay of listening. you know what Listen, i couldn't lie i couldn't lie i gave we, it my all we appreciate your honesty this is our 28th episode and this is the first time this has happened to anyone i think you know i think these things happen these things happen it happens okay but maybe it's unfair for you to hate it as much as you did if you didn't finish it Oh, don't oh. even. <laughs> don't even. Like, de- nothing could have literally... word on the street is at the last hour of audio is the absolute best <laughs> hour. Also, the girl speaking, I think the reason why I hate the book is because of the person who fucking narrated it. She was unbearable. She, kept, I... doing infle- she kept doing inflections, and then when Lionel would speak, she'd be like... <laughs> Snatchler, what was the last scene that you heard? I don't know. Were you even paying attention <laughs> Because it's like if I didn't get to the end, I wouldn't have liked this book either. But like getting all the answers makes you like the I whole wasn't even problem. curious for the answers. Like I literally didn't care. 
Okay, we're going to continue on with this episode, and knowing what we know now, maybe I'll stop throwing it to you, okay? <laughs> I can still have thoughts. You can still have thoughts. Now let's get through the DBQs, damn it. How well do you think the author built the world in the book? Like all of the different supernatural elements, you know, it really had to be like a quick and dirty on Greek mythology, witchcraft, etc. tarot. How do you think he did putting that all together? I had some questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was quite interesting how Chandra stumbled upon this death trap of a um, a alleyway and then like miraculously like they found the exact same death trap and then like went for a walk and found another one I was just like I would expect like it would have been a little bit more complicated to root some of these down so that stuck out to me as interesting yeah Um, for me like the idea that one do you have to be like have witch in your dna in order to be able to practice these spells like was confusing like was jimmy immortal could i shoot him in the face and he would die and he just like learned some witchy things along the way the scenes where like she's teaching him how to pose and like expel the souls from the electrical box like yeah if you did that would it work like i don't I don't even care to find out. I feel like you have to have witchiness in your DNA. You think so? But then it's like, but also it was like the whole town was witchy. You know, everybody from the nurse to the cops are wearing necklaces. Everyone's, everyone's a witch. Yeah, that was Everyone's a winner. Also, like she said, she wasn't immortal. She just couldn't age. So could she die? Like what if someone shot her in the face? She said she could. I know, but, but like, she, how did that not happen in 3,000 years? By accident. I thought that, too. <laughs> yeah, she's on all these different missions, and it seems like they're very life-threatening. Yes. Are there any lingering questions from the book that you're still thinking about? Okay, so the manuscript was fake, but the man who couldn't die was real? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Ooh, good question. Ooh. Th- that was my main confusion. Like, she forged the manuscript's ending, but he was a real person who had the same... They addressed it. They addressed uh, yeah. it. They said that it was, like, a one-in-a-billion error that happened. Like, something went awry with him, and, like, that was it. No, but, so, did Edgar Allan Poe, like, really write the story? Because that's the truth. No. So he just pretended like he wrote the truth once yeah. upon a time. And Regina, though- like, knew that truth and made it, like, Edgar Allen's pose to truth. But it was really a fact that she knew. Got yes. it. Okay. Got it. Okay, cool. Thank you. It resolved. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't even realize I had that lingering question, but that's a really great point. New York City is described as the birthplace of magic, fertile grounds for witchcraft. How did the setting of New York City impact the story? And have you ever felt anything akin to magic in your experience as a New Yorker? No. Snitch. But have you, you felt magic? I mean, mean, we like run into each other on the streets and stuff. Like, I think that's pretty cosmic when I'm like. It's a small city. Oh, it's a small city, Snitch. Also, I feel like this could have taken place like in Chicago too. Like full time. I mean, maybe. Maybe it was just the cook shop association that I felt so attached to it. But, like, I don't know. I don't even like New York. But, like, Snitch, have you ever listened to your AirPods and, like, walked down the street and it was an amazing song and you just felt this, like, kind of New York rush? Maybe not as of late because it's, like, scary out there. But in your life (laughs) as a New Yorker? (laughs) 
I really don't think I've ever felt that. Like, even when we, like, land in New York, I'm never, like, oh, like, New York, like, amazing. Like, oh, no. I'm, like, euphoric about New York, but I'm, like, diehard for the city. I, I still love it. Give it and time. And I'll always listen to Welcome to New York when I land. Give it time. <laughs> Give yeah. it time. No, I think that New York was the perfect city for this but I actually don't feel like the author leaned into like a lot of iconic New York like first of all like sorry to everyone I'm gonna offend but I don't think like the high line is like that like magical mystical you know it's very you know brunch on Sunday let's go for a walk um but I feel like there are so many like gothic elements to New York and he didn't really hit on those again like not really using real uh historical landmarks or things of that nature I mean what did make a lot of sense was the fact that like these people these ghouls live in the underworld and like with the subway system like that gives them fertile ground for you know being near humans like a lot of New York City exists underground probably more so than any city in the country but correct me if I'm wrong on that front so I think that for that reason New York was a really apt choice but I feel like he could have done more with New York history and the real existing like landmarks that are here that could hark to like a gothic vibe it's weird because he did research like the cook shop and the high line and hell's kitchen and all that it's like just take it one second farther and like pick a building like he had just visited the west side and was like i'm gonna center (laughs) it around the meatpacking district the high line and cook shop like is the parthenon theater a theater in new york i didn't google that one i don't think so so if it had been more real things, I think it might have made the book like a lot stronger and more like Da Vinci Code where it's like, wow, he put together this like treasure hunt for us based on things that really exist. Yeah. Oh, no, there is one. I think it's in Queens, but I don't think that's where it was in the book. No, it wasn't. So hit and miss, I would say. Which twist of the book surprised you the most? Well... Yeah, no, Dana go right. I, I, I like literally don't have one. You go. <laughs> Dana saw it all coming. <laughs> um, I was surprised when that Regina was like, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher her name, like Hikake. Hikate. Hikate. Yeah. I was surprised that Regina and Hikate were one and the same and that she like knew everything all along, made up the Edgar Allan Poe manuscript and was just trying to get everybody in the same room, like felt like a torturous approach to do so. But here we are. I guess when you like have a lot of time on your hands, you can like spend your time doing those things. I agree. That was a twist. I thought Regina was going to be a bad guy for sure. For sure. And also I think the biggest twist for me was the old guy being – Valdemar from Edgar Allan Poe. Agreed. Yeah. And Lionel realizing that before we did, I thought that really brought everything together nicely because it really did feel like they were on two tracks. They were trying to stop Jimmy Sloan and they were trying to find the manuscript for this mysterious Regina. So when that sorted started to come together, I was like, oh, this is, I'm here for this. I didn't love how, like, the lack of twist that every time he was in danger, I never for one second was fearful because I knew Maddie was going to save him. And it happened every single time. Like, he's about to get eaten by the goblet. Maddie comes in and shoots them. Like, he finds his way down to the staircase in the club, and she comes in and finds him and saves him. Like, every time he got screwed, she saved him, and it was just that predictability. She didn't save him the last time. That's true. He saved himself. Right, but, like, you knew that Lionel wasn't dying. Right, and he was always about to die. So that was like, okay, we know you're not actually gonna die here yeah 
Brianna warns Lionel not to become the story. How did Lionel's investigatory expedition quickly evolve into a self-enlightenment journey? That's a Dana's question. (laughs) I feel like he makes everything about himself. So, like, it was the second he got there, he made himself the story. But also, like... He, it was, he made himself the story from the get-go because Regina was, like, saving him from having the secret come out. So, like, he had a stake, in, a personal stake in this horse in this race. Yes, yeah. I agree. Also, um, one, he makes himself the story, but he is the story. Like, the story really doesn't exist without him. It was always meant to be a journey of self-discovery. But I guess that would be one loose end that's not tied up. Like, why was that cub reporter stabbed to death by Regina, um... Who did like that? That's the only way she knows how to silence people, like money. I thought yeah. they were going to say Regina planted the cub reporter. Like she told the cub of reporter. Course. To, yeah. And they never I think really. She did that, I think she did that too. <laughs> yeah. But if she really is like Hikate and she is this like sorceress queen and in a positive way, like why did that kid have to die? I did like how at the end when they explained why they abandoned him, it was like, we did this for your own good. We, like, buried deep into your subconscious any magic so that uh, you couldn't be touched by the bad people. Yeah, I appreciated that, too. Okay, next question. Maddie emphasizes how practical skills, picking a lock, knowing the best pizza, are just as important as magical skills. What does this tell you about Maddie's character? That she's lived a long time. (laughs) She's a hoe who can do it all. She's wise. I liked that because it wasn't, it was teaching like the average human, like you don't need literal superpowers to change the world. Like she got them out of the subway safely because she knew the specific department within the police that could get there and save them. So it wasn't like all this could only happen to you if you're a witch. It's like if you're savvy enough with your own skills, you could also make things happen. Yes. That's a good point. Did you guess the ending at all? If so, at what point? I did not. Mm-mm. You know what I thought, actually? What? I thought that Sloan was his dad. Like, oh remember when he yeah, makes when, that joke? Yeah, oh, yeah, that was hilarious. I was like, I thought, he, I thought that was going to be it for sure also. Because otherwise, like, who is his dad? I'm sure that'll come up in the next book. But I thought the same thing. I went as far as... Um, I went as far as highlighting when he's like, and I'm your father as being like, I fucking knew it. And then I had to read one more sentence and it was like, nah, I'm kidding. That'd be hilarious though. And I was like, oh my God, like I really was convinced. This book was not funny, but there was actually a few funny lines. Like when the princess, he's like, oh, they, I hear you're the princess around here. And she's like, well, I ate everybody who said I wasn't. So I guess that makes me the princess. Like That was so oh. funny. That is funny. There were some really cringy lines. There was one that was repeated twice, and I wanted to highlight it as a source of cringe, but I didn't want it in my highlights because, like, typically my highlights are a place of wisdom and insightful insights. So Mm. I didn't, but now I'm wishing that I did because it was, like, the way he was talking, it's, like, he used the word ass a lot. Like, you're going to get my ass kicked. Like, Lionel cursed a lot. (laughs) So, yes, that's what I was trying to say earlier with the cringe things, things like like that. Your spiritual ass can't handle this. <laughs> Speaking of, there were certain words that were used 5,000 times that Jax, I was like, same as you. I was like, am I, am I going to highlight this and call it out? 
the description of peppery when they went to that restaurant and had peppery wine and had a peppery bite of something peppery. I was like, ew, please stop. Like, this, there's other descriptors out there. Also, the word magpie, I don't know what it means, but it was used everywhere. <laughs> it was. It's so funny what you pick it's up on. so weird what you pick up on. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, next time, I will highlight the cringe just for the sake of these episodes, even though, like, I don't want anyone to ever think I highlighted it for, like, any other reason. <laughs> Now, our last redhead from the our last question from the DBQs is the most important one because obviously we said that this um, book reminds us of Addie LaRue, which begs the question: Do Maddie and Regina get their periods? Let's take a <laughs> oh, definitely not. No way. No way. I think they have a better chance than Addie of getting their periods because if they're not immortal, but they're just like alive and and frozen in time. I don't know. I think that said that Maddie gets her periods out of her eyes when she cries. (laughs) That actually is a great point. Like if she's bleeding out of her eyes, she's probably bleeding other places. Yeah. But I feel like in the second or third book, like her and Lionel, like maybe try and have a baby, like a little witchy baby. So maybe we'll find out like if she gets her period. A little witchy baby. If anybody reads books two and three, let us know if they discuss. Let us know, snitch. <laughs> oh, for sure. Okay, now it's time for the redhead questions. Thank you to all of our readers who submitted. A lot of them are also just like comments and thoughts on the book because I wanted to know, like, I want to take the temperature of the community. Did any of you feel that the first 175 pages of this book were thrilling, couldn't put it down, and then once the sorcery and witchery were added to the plot, the rhythm was lost? I felt like a lot of these added elements failed to be explained properly and left loose ends in the plot, i.e., the woman from the tarot card, felt extremely jumbled together by the end. Jackie, did you write this question? No, I know. And, like, I feel like a lot of people really felt that way. I mean, yes, that's exactly how I felt. I thought I the woman we... from the card was Hecate. She was, the, like, the woman in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was, like, a different woman. Like, the, the core Tara woman that was not Hecate. Oh. There was, remember, like, there were two people. One of, and, like, Maddie could see the Tara woman. Yes, even though it took yes. a different form for her. And then there was a woman, which was Hikate, that was like, shh, like, don't tell Maddie I'm here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and if I were Lionel, I just, like, wouldn't be keeping any secrets from Maddie, who's, like, the only person between me and, like, dying every single day. Thank you. I'm so glad you brought this up. I was like, this woman is the only woman you can trust right now. Like, you are learning an entirely different world, but you think that you have the power to hide something from her and keep it from her? In what world? Yeah. Agreed. Exactly. So bothersome. Next up, very similar. Honestly, I enjoyed this book until it started getting all magical. So I enjoyed the first 15%, I guess. I can't get around the fact that Lionel says like a lot. This man is supposed to be smart and successful in his incredibly interesting line of work. And he talks like a valley girl. I guess my question is, how does Maddie put up with that? She's thousands of years old. I'm only in my 30s. I'm already old enough for it to drive me bonkers. That's a really good point, how a 3,000-year-old woman could date a 35-year-old man. There must be, like, a really big age gap that is something i would usually notice and he and i honestly didn't really notice that he said like a lot nor did i no i noticed like other cringy things that he said but i didn't notice like same 
Um, okay, next up, this is from the reader who called out all the different things about the book that we might like. She said this book was a little gory. However, it was such an interesting read. My husband and I watch many action movies, as that's what he's into, so I didn't feel as though it was super sick and gross. I do love, though, that the redheads took a different route. The books were getting a little draggy to read, The Simple Wild. But Ooh. this one piqued my interest because it took so many twists and turns that overcame in the end. Right, did you write bitch. that? Did you, did you create an email? <laughs> Honestly, For sure. if you guys did that, I would never know. That's so funny. That is so funny. Oh, my God. I'm loving just hearing what everyone thinks. Me too. Next question. My question is, did you guys all also think that this author has had a never, never had a human conversation in his life? I thought the dialogue was so incredibly bizarre and cheesy that I am now worried for Mr. Schaefer's social skills. <laughs> Additionally, the plot just felt so randomly thrown together. I think if, if it was written in a style that didn't come out of a third grade boys composition <laughs> class, it might have been better. I think that's harsh. That's so funny. Um, I think it's a little spot on. I oh, please, it's not true. You didn't like... even read it. Yes, I did. Snatch. I didn't even say it. You didn't say what? Oh, yeah. I think we Snatchler. all agree that it was cringy and corny, but I wasn't so humiliated by his discourse that I felt that strongly about it. I agree. I wasn't so humiliated. I often felt more times than not that Lionel was like a strong character, a man we could all get behind and believe in. Yes. Yeah, he was just kind of annoying, but yeah. Yeah, sure. Who isn't? Who doesn't have their days? Next up. Just wanted to say this is my first time writing in feedback because I'm sure you're getting a lot of negative feedback on the book. And I wanted to voice my positive opinion of the book. So much so that I'm halfway through the second book of the series. Oh my God, oh, wow. It reminded me a lot of Lev Grossman's The Magicians. I liked the character arc of Lionel and his love story with Maddie and her mother-daughter relationship with Hikate. The theme of mother's daughter's sons that was woven throughout was interesting and gave a nice layer to a mysterious, spooky, scary skeletons type of book. All in all, I thought it was a fun read with a great New York setting. Great pick, Bex. Love this, babe. Thank you. Did you write I appreciate that? It. No snitch, I didn't write it. <laughs> Rit, there can be a hundred people in the room and 99 don't believe in you, but one does. Thanks, <laughs> Dee. Honestly, I think that we all, it was a divergence for all of us, but there was a lot that we can take away that like, we don't have to love every single element of a book to appreciate that it could actually bring one element. I'm something. just asking for one element. You would know. You would know if you finished. There could okay. be that one element in the last Shut hour. Up. I shouldn't have told you. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our final Redheads questions. I think that's a good note to end the discussion on. Now it is time for the moral of the story. Anyone? Anyone for uh, morals? I put trust your gut. Like intuition, a lot of the times he was just going solely off of how he felt and not logic, and it led him in the right places. Although sometimes it led him to the wrong place, like that club where he almost got killed. But I think intuition is key when you don't have anything else at your disposal to use. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. Be open-minded <laughs> to new new things, new worlds. <laughs> yeah, I would say mine is. Um, you know, maybe maybe don't listen to Sean. <laughs> oh, poor Sean. Everyone's like, bring Sean on the podcast. I'm like, okay, no. Sean versus Snitch. Oh, the showdown of the. Snitch. I can't ever come to your building again. <laughs> I'm um, mine would be start the book earlier. 
<laughs> I actually, I'm pretty sure I was like the, one of the first people to start the book. Yeah, but you know what? Like, it, we sometimes we get all get so like crunched on time. For me, I I don't mind like having to binge it. But you, Snitch, are extremely busy, like yeah. successful woman. Like I just sit here and I have time on my hands. Like you have a whole fucking month to read the book. You don't need to wait until the week before. You raise a good point, and I'll take that into account moving forward. I appreciate your feedback. And... I'm not saying like I know we all wait so that it's really fresh and top of mind, but like if that's stressing you out, just read it two weeks before. No, but by the way, I've never, I really never had like a problem. Like I always finish the book. It's it's just this one. Okay, okay. I wasn't like saying it in a shady way. I'm just like, why do we all do this to ourselves? <laughs> I totally agree. Like I literally, my family's always like laughing at me because I'm always like, sorry, like I can't talk for the next six days because I'm cramming this book, and they're like. You, must you every time also oh, six days is a long time no it's yeah. not actually six days but it's always like two days of cramming yeah. and I don't need to do that to myself a hundred percent okay now it's time for the Hollywood treatment I mean this literally felt like watching a movie or a tv show so I could see it you know going that way so let's cast it who did everyone have as Lionel I really couldn't see him but I'm curious to hear what you guys think Okay, so I first picked Maddie, and then I backed into my Lionel from there. Okay. So I chose, I'm just going to do both. I gave Bradley Cooper the role of Lionel, and I gave Jessica Chastain the role of Maddie. So I had saw someone say, I think in the redheads, Jessica Chastain for Maddie, because she, Maddie has red hair, at least yeah. in this stage. I think she does have red hair, but yeah. I didn't know if I made that up. No, I, I, I'm pretty sure that she does. So at first yeah. I was like, okay, maybe Jessica Chastain. But then the book was reminding me so much of Jessica Jones that Maddie becomes Kristen Ritter to me. And like, just like has that edgy, like, you know, badass attitude. And then I just backed into Lionel and I chose taylor kinney but like i don't feel strongly about it i like kristen ritter for this me too because she's she could put on a red wig also kristen ritter is my maddie too like that was like she is she is maddie agreement and then my lionel was joseph gordon levitt oh but he's so small but he gives me like reporter vibes okay i could see that dana my maddie was emma stone and my Lionel was Jason Bateman. Okay. Very, very good. Not, not the worst you've ever done. Thank you no, so much. And then the only person um, I also asked you to cast was Regina, just because in my mind, does anybody watch Yellowstone? Yes. Do you watch a new season? I'm like behind, but I'm on the new season. You know that like new woman who came in, that older woman who's like going toe to toe with uh, Beth? Yes. Her, the actress's name is Jackie Weaver, and that was all I was seeing for Regina. So I just wanted to share that. Mm. I did Helen Mirren just because I had to choose someone. Wait, yeah. I had Helen Mirren as an option, oh. and I went with Kate Blanchett, but like it was either it was between those two. Oh, that's good too. Dana, Meryl Streep. Ooh, <laughs> that's good, Dana. Look yes, you. nailed it. Okay, now it is time for our overall redheads rating. Of this book, Becky, let's start with you. I rated this a 3.5. Okay, fair. Dana, let's go with you. I gave it a 3.0. Hold on, just fucked up my math. Okay, I gave it a 3.0 also. Margo. (laughs) I gave it a 1.5. Snitch. 
Okay. Our overall Redheads rating for Ghost of Gotham by Craig Schaefer, Becky Sean's choice, is a 2.75. And you know what I'll say? That, that sounds fair. That, yeah, that feels, feels right. right. That feels right. You guys. 2.75 is fair. That is a wrap on Ghosts of Gotham. I feel like we've gotten it all off of our chests. Now, before we get into, you know, the rest of the episode, I would like to see a rapprochement between the two of you over there. Snitch, you first. (laughs) Say you're sorry. (laughs) No, I'm not sorry for anything that I said or did, but I, I still love you, and I know that we can get past this. And we'll just have to, like, do better next time. It felt decently <laughs> authentic, so thank you for that. I love you too, Snitch, and I just want to smush you in a little hug later. Yes, and I would let you. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, now we can get into the other segments of the show, leaving Ghosts of Gotham behind us. I want to hear what everyone else read this month. Margot, did you read anything? No, but I have so many things that I have to you read. You have so many things that you have to read. I know. I'm going to do it. I have to read Reminders of Him, the new Colleen Hoover book. I also still mm. um, don't listen read, but I want to finish the Simple Wild series. So um, <laughs> I have to do that. I just feel like there's a lot on my plate to read. And I'm just like, but I also like have been watching Victoria and Downton Abbey. So like I've been in that world. Like there's just a lot going on. I understand. Okay. Next time, I mean, our next episode is in April, so by then I will have hoped that you've read uh, the new Colleen Hoover. But if you haven't read it, then you actually could choose it as your book. Something to think about. Oh. But don't let that be a reason for you not to read it. I've heard it was really, really good. So maybe I will wait. Think about it. I'll think about it. Becky? I read The Rules of Civility by A. Mortals. Yes. Oh, my God, you guys. I think it might be my new favorite book. (gasps) I finished it. And I started reading it over because, I, and I did that with The Nightingale and I did that with I Am Pilgrim, who are my, those are my other two favorite books. Wait, I just need to say that this book also reminded me, Ghost of Gotham reminded me of I Am Pilgrim. I need to add that to my list oh, so yeah, many yeah. times. Like the trajectory was giving me Pilgrim, Miss Pilgrim so much. Um, so true. So, so true. So I, it was I, nice I, to be reminded of it. But I'm so glad that you read Rules of Civility. Oh my God. It was profound it really touched me in my soul and also New York centric which I love and I I mean I couldn't get away I from how beautifully it was written and like some of these lines that came from these women I was like wow like can I get that tattooed on my face it's so good oh five out of five seriously amazing I'm so happy Dana how many books did you read I only read three me too. Okay, go ahead. Ladies, are you sick? What's wrong? I needed a break. I'm burnt. I burnt myself out from reading. I was um, like to me hate too. It. I read Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk by Kathleen Rooney. I gave it a 4.0, and this was the book that I almost put down 20% in because I thought I hated it, and turns out I loved it. So if you're ever uh, wanting to give something a second chance, this is a promotion for that. Then I read Minor Indignities by Trevor Merrill, um, a Pete Bladel, Jackie O wreck, and I absolutely loved it. I gave it a 4.3. I thought it was great. It's like very college-centric, which is probably why it spoke to me. I felt like I was back at Colgate. 
And then I read The Biggest Disappointment of the Year. As you all may know, my favorite book ever that I've ever, ever read is A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara. She came out with her sec- her new book uh, in January 2022. Big sensation. If you pass any bookstore, you'll see it in like every window front. It is all the talk. And it was fucking awful. It's called Two Paradise, and I gave it a 2.8. I'm thoroughly disappointed. Nothing was ever ever going to live up to a little life, but like this was trash, and I think she just knew she could sell anything, even if she wrote like a handwritten blurb of something in crayon because of all the hype around her, and like she really oh disappointed. God. Oh my god, <laughs> Dana, I'm you so just... sorry. I mean, Thank I you like so people, much. I feel like some people might have like were dozing off there for a second until you <laughs> fucking just read her to filth. <laughs> Like, wow. and I've tried. I tried to everywhere. convince myself I liked it. I tried to be like, I just don't get it. It's above my head. I need to. No, it's just a bad book. Like, I'm not giving it any excuses. No more defenses. It's boring. I don't know how you go from a little life where, like, the emotional empathy that you feel for characters that aren't even anything like you gets morphed into, like, something you can't even remotely relate to or feel for. Like, it's. I, I think she plagiarized a little life. Like, she didn't write that book because this book and her other one that I read, People in the Trees, also trash. A Little Life is written by somebody else, and I want to find her. <laughs> oh, my God. Drag her, Dana. I'm in like shock. It. I wanted to like it. in shock. This was not what, what you... I was hoping to say. No, I didn't like the book. I liked that response. What did you rate it? A 2.8. Which is generous. Damn. Okay. Wow. I'll go next. I read three books, all very different from the rest. One, I read the first and only pregnancy book that I read. It's called Expecting Better by Emily Oster. And it was good. Um, It was good. She's like an economist. So she comes at everything from like a uh, numbers approach, like probability, and gives recommendations based on that. Not so much like what from a doctor would say. Um, But she explains like what doctors say, why they say it, but like also then goes through all the numbers and like research and studies and explains like likelihood of this, likelihood of that. So I thought it was really helpful. Um, And if you want to read one pregnancy book, I think it sums pretty much everything up. Any takeaways that you're going to apply to motherhood? Um, I'll have to check my highlights. Cool. (laughs) Then I read Minor Indignities by Trevor Cribbin Morell, which um, Dana also read. And I really liked it. It was very literary. And the whole time I was reading it, I was like, Dana has to read this. Uh, So obviously Dana liked it more than me because it was more Dana-y than it was Jackie. But it was still a four because it was well-written. The setting was, you know, literally Colgate. And it was just like a little too... um, highbrow for me but I could appreciate it then I read maybe you should talk to someone by Lori Gottlieb because I was craving like a nonfiction read and you know how much I loved Good Morning Monster and so many people have said like if I like Good Morning Monster I should read that book and I didn't love it I gave it a three um there were some things that I took out of it that I enjoyed but a lot of it like felt kind of like cringy cliche um like therapy talk and it it was it was okay. It was a little disappointing though, considering so many people like love this book. So that's everything that we all read this month. I guess it was a quiet month for reading. We now have two months to really read whatever you want. You can read a really long book. You have all the time in the world until our next episode, which will be dropping the first Thursday of April, because I will be taking the month of March for maternity leave. So the next episode of The Redheads drops on April 7th, and we will be reading a Dana's Choice. Now, Dana, can you tell us what we're going to be reading? I'm so excited for whatever you have in store. 
I feel like I'm not going to read before Dana's Choice, so. Same. <laughs> Scared. Um, for this month's book, I have chosen, drumroll, Our Country Friends by Gary Steingart. Um, he wrote one of my favorite books, Lake Success, I highly recommend. And this is his new one that came out in November. So I hope you all enjoy it. What's it about? I don't know. You know, I really didn't read too much into it because I hate ruining it for myself. Um, I saw something about friendships and pandemics, so I'm sorry if it's triggering. But I think given his past writing skills, we won't be disappointed. From what I understand, it's a book about a bunch of people who get a house together, like, during the pandemic. But they're a bunch of, like, really interesting characters. So it's about, like, them being stuck in a house together, not so much the pandemic, which that I can handle. But we shall see because you know I was burned by Jody Pickold. Yeah. This Anyways, thank you so much, girly girls, for giving me your time and your energy and your thoughts. This was such a fun, heated Caliente episode. And I will miss you until April. So you guys, redheads out, th- out there, use this month to catch up on a different episode of the Redheads. I don't know if there are that many of you out there who have read and listened to every single book and episode of the Redheads, but there's got to be one that you've missed. And use this month to catch up with us and see what we're all about because we've got some great content for you to hold you over until we were back in April. So we will see you then. Thank you, girly girls, for your time. Love you. Sure- Love you, Rit. Love you, Snitch. Positive Snitch. She's so happy it's over. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, that you're part of the Redheads Facebook group. We have a lot of great community community building going on over there. And now I need to go catch my breath. So we will see you later. See Bye. You in April. Love ya.